0: Welcome to After the Buzzer. This is Ian Busby coming at you. This is a good week. I feel better about the CFL thanks to these division finals matchups that were very entertaining, if not well played. Uh, There's a lot of mistakes out there, but uh, some mistake football can lead to entertainment, and I like the entertainment value we had from Saskatchewan and Winnipeg and Hamilton and Toronto. And we have our Grey Cup matchup set. It's hamilton trying to avenge their loss at the 2019 Grey Cup to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Bombers trying to win two in a row. It's going to be, I hope, an entertaining game, an interesting game, but it makes for a very lively Grey Cup week. We had some off-field issues this past week with the Toronto Argonauts quarterback. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? What's going on? Uh, Because of an off-field event that he went to, the Raptors game, that was bizarre. And then after the game in Toronto, Hamilton Tiger Cats fans getting into it with Argonauts players. That was kind of an embarrassment for the league and not a very good way to start Great Cup week for Hamilton. But uh, I think it's going to be a, a good week in Hamilton. We're uh, excited to go. I'm, I'm heading out um, later in the week. Danny is going to be heading out earlier. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to get into the matchup and talk about a few different things. Good discussion though. We're we're coming down to the last week of the season in the CFL, one week, one game left. It's gonna be a fun one. Uh, hopefully you guys are sticking on board with us. We're gonna deliver more content to you in the weekend and then uh, we'll be figuring out what we're gonna do through the off season. But right now we're gonna try and leave this 2021 CFL season on a high. Enjoy the conversation and uh, thanks for listening. All right. Okay. With the great cup matchup is set, Danny. And I think if you started before the season and said, we're going to have a rematch between the Winnipeg blue bombers and Hamilton tiger cats. I don't think anybody would have been surprised at that, but the way it kind of unfolded, um, I think the, the road to the gray cup has been an interesting one for the Tiger cats, especially maybe not so much the blue bombers. They've had a, they've kind of coasted through the season to get to this point, but they needed a, a pretty crazy miracle game. It felt like uh, I don't think you ever are going to turn the ball over six times and win a football game again, because that was just a wild one. Uh, what were you, what was your thoughts as you proclaimed on this podcast last week that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders had no chance going into Winnipeg. And I said, oh, they got a chance. And there's always a chance, but uh, yes, you can stand by that, that <laughs> the Winnipeg wins Saskatchewan, did everything they could to gack that one away it felt at the end but uh give me your overall impression but and and then the east final was entertaining as heck too so uh it was a pretty good weekend of of cfl i think and now it sets up a great cup that we've seen before and hopefully is better than it was two years ago
1: yeah i mean winnipeg looks vulnerable for the first time all season um and like credit to the rider i will say like the riders need a double overtime to beat the Stamps when the Stamps missed three field goals, fumbled a punt, had two (laughs) interceptions. Like, you know, um, the Riders had every opportunity to put that game away. Then they had every opportunity to put this game away. But, I mean, I I did tweet last night. I mean, you got to look at that that six-game injured list. For the Riders, if I'm a Riders fan, this was a pretty – Pretty satisfying uh season ultimately, even if you don't like losing to the bombers. Um, I, I I think that like the riders put up a fight, but none of us expected them to. Uh, I do think that they're just going to be questions about their offense a little bit. Um, it, it doesn't seem to be able to consistently put drives together. And they should have they should have won ultimately. You got all those interceptions. You should be beating the bombers. Um, the bombers like handed you that game and you couldn't do it. Um, but that said, like, like ultimately with the exception of those interceptions i mean the bombers were the better team up there on that field for the most part um
0: well and the way i looked at it was that started out it was like the the bombers drove down interception the end zone drove down interception the end zone it was like they were moving the ball they were having these opportunities for points taken off the board and then the riders just didn't capitalize and put points back up when they needed to get points off turnovers the points off turnovers was the big stat of the day right because yeah Vikings... I mean I will
1: say it's a little bit different a point off a turnover when you are getting the ball on the on
0: your own 20 yeah, on yeah. Your own
1: 20. like that's, uh, that's that's that doesn't totally work but I mean that was only really the one um but yeah I mean like, like again the turnover happened so saying if you ignore the turnovers doesn't make any sense because you can't ignore the turnovers they, no. they didn't happen <laughs> like yeah the bombers generally did a better job of moving the ball than the riders um that Bombers defensive line remains terrifying. Um, and, you know, I, I, Derek Dennis sort of said, he was like, look, man, like the Sask defense, you know, right place, right time, you deserve credit. You get, you put yourself in those places. But he was like, this is also mistakes by the Bombers. Like, this is like, those were just mistakes. And it's sort of the same thing that I felt like the stamps against um, the Riders. But ultimately, like, look, Andrew Harris comes in, he's refreshed, he looks great. I wonder, and I can't help but wonder, what would have happened had the Bombers been fighting for second and third? Would we have seen Andrew Harris earlier in the season? Or did they just know we've got a running back in our in his mid-30s, let's rest him as much as we can. We know he knows how to play football, he knows the system, we can slot him in whenever he's ready to go. Um, and they certainly thought, him, mean, Andrew Harris was exceptional yesterday. Um, and you, if you only need him for two games... One a great right. cop! That's, 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 yeah, you're that's
0: suggesting awesome. that he should just sit out the season and play the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I, I tweeted it, but like, I it, hey man, do that for the next 15 years. If Andrew Harrison come in and play in
0: the playoffs, like, <laughs> well, you got to like, make sure you get into the playoffs first, too. Yeah, uh, but, but then you nothing
1: about win. that defense. Like the defensive performance by the bombers, I think, was pretty impressive. I mean, there were the there was the Duke Williams long touchdown, which was insane. Yeah. Um, then there was, I mean, to be honest, Duke Williams is just in all of this and Duke Williams was mad at me this weekend. So I like, I'm a little bit uncomfortable, like talking too much about it, but. Um... Well, that was
0: a, quite an amazing play. Obviously the, uh, the long, cause I, I texted you basically the, the riders, all these missed opportunities are going to come back to bite them. And then you're like, well, i kind of felt that way. And then they scored this touchdown It was like, yeah. And then they couldn't stop the bombers from coming down and scoring again. So it, um, it, it felt like good old-fashioned Canadian football. Like, okay. you at, at the end, it felt like, okay, you know, you, we just – you can't stop somebody if they got the ball. Like, it, it kind of yeah, felt I mean, like, I felt
1: more, like positive about offense again, finally. Yeah. That or the West semifinal were the two best games of the year. Like, yeah. for for sure. Um, I mean, there's, there's a couple other ones, but those are – and that's awesome, right? Like, we get to the playoffs, and suddenly we're getting these amazing just – wars out there I mean those were like both teams look like they could barely walk at the end of that game um and yeah I mean Winnipeg like that's the thing with good teams you know we say this in every sport it's cliche but good teams win games when they're not playing their best and yeah. I I think that the Riders had to play their very best game basically to have a chance and um i think that they did play a a pretty good game all things considered but the bombers are that powerhouse right now the bombers are that team like they're the like they are the best team in the league we're gonna talk about hamilton and we're gonna have to get into just the insane week in southern ontario for the cfl um which is still playing out with all of the the fans in the stands fighting argos fans uh or argos players but um you know I, i i'd have a hard time picking hamilton to beat these bombers right now. Um,
0: well, and that's the thing. It's like, did, did the, the riders give the Tiger cats a bit of a script as to what you got to do? Well, you got to force some, some bad plays from the, 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 the Winnipeg offense, try to get them into throwing downs because that's the only time you're going to be able to make them seemingly make them uh, pay for a mistake. And, and you're going to have to have your offense move the ball against a great defense. So,
1: I was sort of shocked that they that Winnipeg threw the ball as much as they did, to be honest. Like, um, although it's worth it On the first interception, I mean, it bounces out of your hands. Ed Gainey grabs it. The yeah. second one was actually a fumble, wasn't it? The one on like the one yard line, I believe. I yeah, know. I can't remember about that. Uh, yeah. And then there was, you know, there was a there was a bad pick later on. I mean, like you have that many turnovers. Some of them are bad, some of them are good, but like it wasn't all terrible throws by any means. Um and yeah, I mean you you need them. Look, if Andrew Harris is out there, I don't care. You, you, you just need the bombers throwing the ball because they're gonna get five, six yards on first down with Andrew Harris, eighty percent of the time. Yeah.
0: So you you got to force them into some second and longs to try and force the, you get the get Coloros uh, throwing. And the one interception that I did think was turned like. Was the Riders? Was they pressured him outside? He got scrambling, and then he threw on the run and threw a bad pass and kind of threw up a duck. And that's like that's the script that we were going to have to get. You know, get him on the run, uh, put some pressure on him, and throw, make him throw in, uh, you know, into traffic and stuff like that.
1: Well, yeah, and like the Thai cats do to their. I mean, I think <clears throat> Jagera Davis had one of those games where, you know, the rest of you know the media that don't cover cfl every day might not talk about jaguar davis enough but but you know they he's a top three defensive end in this league right and um he's got a big role to play but the fact is like if we go back to that great cup in 2019 i mean it was a blowout and the bombers o-line which is such a big part of getting andrew harris to do what he does um the bombers o-line was a very big part of that um so I, I mean, they're, they're built to win in the playoffs. They are built to win these these games. Um, but, I don't know, the Ticats also are coming together at just the right time.
0: Well, and they are, I would say you're obviously going with Dane Evans as your starting quarterback obviously.
1: this week. Of, there's no controversy here. Maybe the Ticats will try to play it like there's controversy, but, like, we saw what happened in the East Final. It has to be Dane Evans.
0: Yeah. And it kind of felt like they were going back and forth. Like I, I was working, so I wasn't paying as close attention to that game as I did to the Winnipeg game. But, um, it, it felt like whenever Evans was out there, he was just, he had a bit of more. Well,
1: so division. I watched everyone was always started. And then they just, he he was doing nothing and they put Evans in and Evans was in for the rest of the game. Yeah. Like it yeah. wasn't a back and forth situation. It was, uh, okay. Mazzoli doesn't have it we're putting we're putting Evans in. I don't know if there was an, an injury or anything there I don't know but um yeah like
0: uh, and it, maybe it, it was just because TSN kept showing Mazzoli as in okay well we're putting the other guy in so we're going to show the starter instead so uh it's one of those situations but Evans looked really good and this is the guy that you know took over that job in 2019 and took them to the Grey Cup so you're you're thinking now this matchup is actually I I didn't think it was that intriguing at the start, but now, you know, whenever there's a home team in it, it always adds that bit of intrigue, right? Cause, and immediately after the game, it was, you know, a couple hours later, the gray cup had sold out. So anybody who was on the fence about buying tickets in Hamilton decided, okay, no, they're going, they're going to be in it. I'm going to buy tickets. I'm going to spend the outrageous price. I, I went and looked at the ticket prices and they are very expensive. They're more, even more expensive than I think they were in Calgary. Maybe not. Um, don't quote me on that one because I don't know for sure, but it seems like, you know, $400 plus to pay, spend on a Grey cup ticket is a real high price. So kudos to anybody who bought tickets and is going to the game. Uh, we'll see you there, but uh, both of us will be there. So it's going yeah, good.
1: You not spit or throw beer on any players, please. And well,
0: and that's the other issue. I hope that, that the incident with a few Ty cats fans uh, doing what they did, um, you know, spurching the name of Ticats fans that I like, you know, I have a few Ticats fans, friends, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're aghast at this situation and just embarrassed by the whole thing of the, them fighting with Toronto Argonauts players as they're coming off the field. That is just that yeah, it's, it's a horrible scene for the entire league. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what was not a very good week for the league leading up to it, up to the games.
1: Well, it was a bizarre week because again, I am very firmly of the opinion um, like it's snitch behavior to be sitting here being like McLeod Bethel Thompson shouldn't be, shouldn't have played in that game. That rule is stupid. The CFL got it right. If anyone wanted the East final be, to be determined by an off-field mistake, like what are you what? doing here, guys? Like McLeod Bethel Thompson had to play, assuming he was he tested negative. That rule is stupid. We don't need to sit around here being a bunch of nerdlingers and being like the rules are the rules. No, we all wanted the game to be determined on the field with the best players available on the field. That is what happened. Um, I have tweeted at length about this. All the Ticats fans seem to be mad at me and that's fine. Um, I really don't care, but um, it's outrageous that anyone wanted him to sit if we could safely get him on the field. MLSC made a crazy mistake and like, I can't believe that they sent him to the Raptors game. If that was the rule, I can't believe no one checked, but that should not have been what determined the East final.
0: Well, That's- and the the way I look at it, the, the whole rule is in place to stop reckless behavior. Yeah. And a guy, he just does what the team asks of him. He wasn't as far as I know, he didn't ask to go to the, he didn't ask to go to the Raptors game. He's like, Hey, I want to go to the Raptors game on Thursday night. You know, when we play on Sunday, the team asks him to go promote the game, do an interview He's doing the dog and pony show to try and drum up interest in this game in this league. So why would you punish him for that? Like imagine well, yeah. the from, four-day like,
1: quarantine is not meant to be punitive. Right. Like it is not meant to be a punishment. It is meant to keep people safe. So, like then saying, Okay, we're gonna find another way to make sure everyone's safe here. There's no COVID risk. Right. Good. Good on them for doing that. Like, that's great. It's it's awesome that they did that. I'm like. I it, I just was so sickened by people being like, well, we don't want him to play. We don't want him to play. Guess what? Malik Henry, the Peters kick returner, also missed the West semifinal because he had a death in the family and flew home and had to quarantine and just couldn't be ready. Like, I didn't necessarily complain about that or I didn't talk about that because it was ultimately okay, well, the rules are the rules. This was an exceptional circumstance. Right. And, and, it, and it just, be, you know, it
0: became a situation where it's like, well, the league got put in a position to either enforce a rule or break a rule, either which was going to cause controversy with some people. Well, I'm like ultimately, they did the right thing, and you know, don't punish the the player for going to this game and doing what his team had asked of him.
1: And we all know, like, I mean, uh, this isn't even a criticism. This is just literally discussing. Like, Arash Medani appeared to be angry or was critical of the league when McLeod Bethel Thompson was not going to be able to play. And then it was yeah. even more critical when he was able to play. So, like, there are people you're just not going to make happy.
0: Like, well, Arash has this thing where his one of his pastimes is uh, bashing the CFL. Even though deep down inside, like, he used to work for specific teams in the league. And we know he's a passionate CFL guy. He just seems to, like, take it out on them like wholeheartedly all the time it's it's bizarre and i don't know if i'll see a rash over there in uh in yeah, we all love a rash
1: that's it, the funny thing we all lo- like i'm not yeah, no, I,
0: I can't wait to make fun of him for for that when we, when we do see him but uh anyway. yeah
1: there's no like he defended he was like on my i mean i'm not on my side but we were on the same side with all the xfl stuff like i, I i'm not yeah. i'm legitimately not it's it's not bad having a troll and there are a lot of people who would probably say that i'm a troll uncertain things um but to just to very quickly just go back to like this crazy week in southern Ontario like this stuff with the players going into the concourse I'm obviously we don't want players going into the concourse obviously like that needs to be addressed I'm sure there will be fines and we there will be stuff but like there is only so much abuse you can like expect to hurl at a professional athlete without them wanting to hurl a little back and we get so critical of these guys for doing anything back but what i saw was the argos upset angry if there would have been beer or stuff go in and he's they're not trying to attack any tycots they're just yelling back at them it's not ideal but like yeah we want to prevent that in the future but if you're throwing beer and spitting on people man the way those people react is probably not going to be great
0: yeah. So, well, what they were, what were they were trying to do was provoke that reaction. So yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, And I, I've spoken to a number of Argos fans, season ticket holders who were at the game who said that like, it wasn't just the players. Like there was, there was really abusive behavior towards other fans by some, I obviously the vast 99% of TyCats fans are great and, and we love them. And they're, they're such a passionate fan base in a huge part. But if we are, going to be doing like if they're going to be doing this invade the six or whatever you call it promotion where they're sending all these fans there's we may have to consider whether you create the way that they have for european soccer you know away team sections or something like that just to keep you know this toxic behavior away from away from other fans like it's not it's not okay being a sports fan, putting on your team's jersey does not give you permission to act like a scumbag. And, um, you know, obviously we ought to make sure that the Argos don't ever go into the stands, but the Argos weren't the ones who acted violently there. The video I saw showed the Ticats fan running in and shoving and the Argos guy swinging back and and then run basically backing off and the guy continuing to come at him. So uh, that fan should never be allowed in a CFL stadium ever again yeah um, and it's just it's really too bad because with all of this, like the Argos had a successful first season under this new regime. they got here. That's what we should be talking about. And instead, we're just talking about these weird negative headlines, which we have to talk about. Yeah. but um well
0: and that's what I said. I don't hope it doesn't overshadow the fact that it was a pretty good east final. um it was entertaining from what I could see. um, it was coming down right to the the wire as as well there. and, you you look at uh you know, now Hamilton's got a Great Cup week where the, they start out with, okay, some of our fans were being real asses and now they we we're gonna host the rest of the league. Like it's you know, it's a situation where I'm I'm excited to get to Hamilton and enjoy Great Cup week and I hope it's died down by then, right? And you're you're heading there, no, I think it
1: will. I mean, I'm heading there tomorrow. Um, like, you know, I Hamilton's very top of the list for for road trips for me. I, I love that stadium. I love the fans. Um oh, I love the city. I'm a big Hamilton guy. We've talked about this. It's it's like yeah. I, I well, love it.
0: I one of the reasons that it was not a great road trip um when I was covering the team, and the last time I think I was in Hamilton was probably 2010, because uh 2011 the game was in Moncton. Um they had a couple of years where they were playing in Neutral sites, basically, as they rebuilt the stadium, Uh and I didn't go in 2012 because of the birth of my second daughter, and then in 2013 I was done covering the team, so I haven't been there since for 12 years, basically, and 11 years,
1: whatever. It's a great time. I
0: haven't, I haven't seen the stadium as it in, in its current form rebuilt. So um,
1: it's awesome. It's I mean yeah. it's like it's it's no frills. It's 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 great. I I love it. Hamilton, great. Great food, some great places for drinks. Like I, I, I really love that city. Um, I often like there's there's some hikes around there because it's it's not it's not like Toronto. Like you can get out of the city very easily. I have right. a rental car. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's there's nothing. No one is trying to attack Ty Cats fans. No one was trying to attack the Ty Cats when we said we wanted McLeod Bethel Thompson in. Like yeah. the better team won, and guess what? The Argos couldn't get in the end zone. Like. Right.
0: You know, <laughs> and, they, uh, and they had no, no excuses. All their guys played. Now it would have helped if they had done their last two days of preparation with their quarterback in the room. But I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they did things to get around
1: all that kind of stuff. And you can video
0: constant sense. somebody in for meetings and stuff like
1: that now. So I don't know that the walkthrough was such a big deal like Saturday, but I think that the Friday practice, I mean, that's yeah. the, the third day of practice is, is the most important practice of the week. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, but you know, he wasn't in, and um, ultimately, like, I don't think Beth Thompson was bad. He just wasn't great, and I I honestly don't think that he's necessarily at his age. I think that if they have a shot, if the Argos are looking around, they're probably looking at Jake Mayer. Um, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league who are going to be free agents. Um, I think that after what we saw, and especially when we consider age, um, I imagine that the Cats move forward with Dane Evans, as as their starter, and if they want Mazzoli wants to come back, he takes a reduced salary and is the backup, and is is comfortable with that. But you want to get rid of any semblance of there being a quarterback controversy. Um, by well, the I mean, years, I look know, at it <clears throat> is,
0: you know, Toronto has a long history of taking the star quarterback from other franchises out west. So Doug Flutie and Ricky Ray to be, you know, perfectly named there. Um, yeah. Could you see? Bo Levi Mitchell finishing out his career in Toronto. That that doesn't seem that unreasonable. I don't think Calgary wants to do that yet. Um, but uh, it's it's just never out of the realm of possibility in the way I look at it. I so. and
1: I mean, Dave Naylor reported on the pregame yesterday that apparently Dave Dickinson is a name on the Elks um, thing. I don't personally like, he didn't go out and say that that was happening or anything. I have a feeling Dave Dickinson is not aiming to leave calgary if yeah. i i know him pretty well and uh that just doesn't align with what i think but
0: well and it that was
1: reporting so there's there may you know nailer doesn't tend to get things wrong so no. um
0: well you could see that the elks would be interested i don't know if dickinson would be interested like that's the thing i don't i don't i don't think I've, dave dickinson has ever professed any interest in being a personnel gm type of role as well like he likes the x and O's of football and and coaching
1: players and and
0: if he could still do it he'd be out there throwing yeah, the ball. I and mean,
1: there may come a point where like I mean we I, let, let's be real here John Hoffnagel two three more years that's what I'm guessing um, well
0: and and he was asked during his um in way that he's not part of a golf club yet but all it takes is him walking into a golf club in calgary and saying, I want a membership. And they're like, here's your reduced rate, John Huffnagle. Thanks for being a member.
1: (laughs) Not that John Huffnagle necessarily needs a reduced rate, but um, but yeah, I mean, and that's like, that's the thing. So like my opinion is if Dave's head, if Dave is head coach, Bully by Mitchell, he wants him as the quarterback. That he's made that very clear. He would like to do a couple more years with that. If Dave does, you know, move on at any point and maybe the stamps move on i i'm very confused i am one of the fascinating stories here we are we're talking about the team that got eliminated a week ago instead of the actual break up. <laughs> well and, how, uh, how did
0: you you brought it up i can't remember how to, how did that happen well, no you brought well, up another
1: boat would go and i oh. still think the more likely scenario there is jake mayer wants a starting job right and like has a relationship with ryan dinwiddie or, or something and you know that that pulls him but i, I you know pretty much everyone is a free agent in the league after the yeah. season. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, so it's, it's going to be a carousel. And what's some of the people that criticize the league are saying, Oh, well there's players movement every year. Well, that's, that's the way it goes. And you want guys to be able to maximize their return on what they're doing. Right. So if you have yeah. a good year this year, then you can go out and make more money next year. So.
1: It's yeah. All- but Ultimately, like, it was the funny thing about people acting like, well, McLeod Bethel-Thompson shouldn't play. Oh, this is unfair. It's like, it's not like how Bethel-Thompson is Doug Flutie here. Like, it's. I'm just happy he was in. I'm happy that we got to see the best players play. And now, ultimately, you've got a a matchup that does have a lot of intrigue. Um, Let's be real. The Bombers killed Hamilton last time around. And for most of the season, looked like a better version of their 2019 selves this year. So... You know, the Ticats have largely the same group back. So do uh, the Bombers. I'm curious how a running back like Don Jackson, who came in late in the year, Calgary, you know, a, a former Stampeders player, um, and has just completely transformed that offense. Um, I'm curious what what impact that has. Um, but, like, these are largely the same team, so... Here we are, and it's going to be, as it always is, about coaching and execution. Um, and there are two ways to look at this gray cap. One of them is, okay, these are the two teams we thought were the best in the league, and now they're back. They've the other way to look at it is these are two teams where, like the bombers slaughtered them last time they played in the championship game, and that's probably what's going to happen again
0: right. well, uh-huh. i'm I'm more of a positive person, so I feel like the tie cats have a little bit positive momentum here. They should make a better game of it than they did two years ago. I mean it, it was over early. It felt like it was over in the first quarter last year with a couple of big turnovers early in that. Well, uh, when I say last year, I mean two years ago, obviously. But uh, big
1: turnovers and you just can't fall behind early against this bombers team. No, right? they, they can they they're just gonna take time off the clock by hammering the ball down the middle. They don't have Stravler, which does make a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a difference. Um yeah. but the cats, yeah, the Ticats, this is one of those games where the Ty Cats need to score early. They cannot what happened last time is they were down what 12 nothing at halftime is that right yeah something like that, yeah. It just it, that's not gonna that's not gonna win you a football game against these one of big blue bombers because they're too big they're too fast and they are perfectly built for just preserving leads
0: yeah well you're gonna get there early and uh, cover this great cup week uh what are some of the stories you're interested in uh the storylines this
1: this week because imagine uh, me as the stampede reporter saying this i think it is such a crazy story that jaguar davis has been in the cfl for five years and has gone to the great cup every single year
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is pretty crazy yes there's guys that have been in the cfl forever and never go to it so
1: yeah and then you got obviously Tunde adeleke so this is his fourth season he's also gone to the great cup every year um this is like literally like, I've been accused of liking Don Jackson too much. Like, I just think he's the best guy. Um, <laughs> he's one of my favorite players I've ever covered. Uh, I'm thrilled to get to go um, see Don, cover him. Um, so, all of those, I mean, but it's tough, right? I mean, Jeff Hamilton and I had a huge argument in the FRC in 2019 where he was like, finally, like, new blood. Like, this is people were getting bored of the Grey Cup storylines with Stan Peters. <clears throat>
0: Well, that's the way we were in the 2000s with the Montreal Alouettes.
1: Yeah. My opinion, and, you know, my counter argument to him was I was like, 2018, from, unless you just hate the Stampeders, that storyline of the
0: – They were in the third straight Grey Cup, and are they going to lose their third straight Grey Cup to a team they should beat?
1: Yeah. And the best quarterback of his era losing three straight Grey Cups. That's his legacy. He could oh. win the next, you know, whatever um that's the legacy so I thought that was fascinating now we're coming in and like I think honestly winning back-to-back great cups with a wiped out pandemic season in the middle puts the bombers like you got to talk about them as the great teams as one of the great teams in this league's history if they pull that off that's an amazing accomplishment with all of the uncertainty with all of the um you know all of the ups and downs that we've had over the last two years for them to be back here and on the verge of a second straight is amazing um
0: well, and you can say that they just got hot in 2019 and rode this little wave of four four games, four wins and absolutely dominated people in the playoffs. They I mean they snuck out a win in Saskatchewan. That one was down to the wire, but they absolutely steamrolled um Calgary. And I, that team was on the other night and I was like I was surprised. I was like, "Oh yeah, Calgary was ahead at halftime of that game, like
1: 100%." And then, and then, just and then they just on. turned it on and
0: went all they went nuclear on the rest of the league. So it
1: was, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: so so now, I mean, this one is not a fluke, right? The Winnipeg uh, team is not a fluke. That wasn't some sort of like a magical run. It's,
1: and the reality is I probably will not be doing a ton of Bombers coverage. Like if I'm being honest, no,
0: you've got the Winnipeg crew there. That's going to be the Winnipeg
1: good. crews there. Um, so I, I don't know what I'm covering, but I imagine it's more tie but I mean, that's this tie I mean, what a weird season for Hamilton. We expected them to be, we expected them to be the Winnipeg of the, east right we expect them to steamroll everyone from day one be ahead and it just didn't happen and there were weird injury situations i mean they were at one point starting david watford at quarterback which is insane um (laughs) given that you had two potential starters um so like so all of that is interesting plus the history in hamilton i mean it being a hometown gray cup um, Now they have
0: the longest gray cup drought so
1: yep um but it's also like they now are in a position where, you know, the stamps lost two in a row. Now the Ticats might lose two in a row. Maybe that's the defining thing <laughs> for them. And I mean, they also lost what in 2014. So that's three great. Cup
0: 2013.
1: Losses. So that's four great cup losses in eight years. That's nuts, right? So... Um. So yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is like we talk about the stamps, but I mean the tie cats are in as many great cups as anybody over the, the last decade, basically, and they still haven't won one. So, um. Yeah, so there's there's pressure on the organization, there's pressure on the team. Um, and ultimately, like, I don't know how to describe this. It feels to me like the Bombers are that, like, you know, like in high school, you'd go to play, I mean, I, I was more of a basketball player in high school, where you'd go and you'd just be like, ah, oh, this is like, these guys are men. Like, they're just like, <laughs> they're so much bigger than us. <laughs> and like, and like yeah. we, have to, we have to get hot to beat these guys. Like, wow. that's, that's how I feel about the Ticats. It's like the Ticats are a great team, but they've got to get hot and stay hot to beat the Bombers. Um, I get, and I'm going to be fascinated because I do. I mean, it was pretty neat for me as a guy who covered the Stampeders from 2016 on to be watching that Argos Stamps game or that Argos Ticats game and being like, oh, Eric Rogers, Juan Breskison, Don Jackson, Jaguar Davis, Sunday DLK, like, DeVarus Daniels, on and on and on. Um, so, and I, I honestly, it's going to be neat for me this time. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing these guys in, in Ticats colors go out, but they're, they're not going to bully. There's no bullying here. Like no. it's the are the ones who are going to bully you. Yes.
0: Well, uh, I, I kind of like the Ticats this week cause I like the underdog story. And, uh, also I think Winnipeg, um, is due for a letdown, but again, it has to play out. Uh, we're going to here's the big news of the podcast. We're going to, we're, we're going to be together in together in person in uh, Hamilton this week. So we're going to put out some more podcasts at the, during the weekend and uh, and we'll follow up when, and do this type of stuff. So I'm going to let you get packed up. I know you like to like very meticulous with your packing. So I um, actually am. Um, I, well, no, I'm I'm not kidding. I know this.
1: <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I have absolutely pack for no different- seven days. So, I do not check, check luggage, so uh, I have to be incredibly careful here. Um, right, re- really, really careful. Um, but I have a rental car, so I'm very pumped about that. Okay. Um, yeah. head
0: to the pharmacy and grab a bunch of stuff that you don't can't bring with you, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. here,
1: and yeah. I mean, I'll just you know pack some things in my backpack. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I mean, you know me. I basically wear. I spend no money on anything other than like $170 hoodies. Um, Well, you
0: tend to spend some money on shoes
1: too, so. Yeah, I know. I haven't, I've really been thinking about that.
0: you got to take, you're going to take more than one pair of
1: shoes to Toronto? I'm going to bring my Jordans. There's going to be a lot of snow. So this is the problem. Man, I've really been thinking about this a lot. Because if it's going to be snowing, I don't want to ruin my sneakers. Yeah. So maybe I'll wear my boots on the plane tomorrow. I'm bringing two pairs, well, sneakers, and then I want shoes for the gym because I'm intending I'm not dying this week. Um, well, anyway, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, I'm hoping there's... to
0: make it home too, but, uh, you know, every Grey Cup, I think I don't know if I'm going to make it through. So there's there's usually a time at Grey Cup where I'm just sitting there going, oh, regroup, man, you got to get through the rest of this. <laughs> it's usually <laughs> Saturday night. And I'm like, oh, okay. I gotta make it through know, the day. I mean it's
1: it's a thing that no one talks about, but with Grey Cup, like when you're covering the game, the only advice that I have for anyone, if you ever wind up cover actually covering the Grey Cup game, is you wanna go crazy on Saturday. Yeah. Do it, be home by eleven, get your sleep. It's the only way to it's the only way to survive that that week.
0: Well, and then uh, I got breakfast scheduled all weekend, so I'm going to have to try and make it to that. And uh, committing to them means I will actually try to go. Plus, I'll need to eat, and yep. it's an easy way to eat there. So that's the great thing. You're going to get fed all day Thursday. You're going to get fed. So,
1: you know I have no idea. I honestly haven't read any of the emails from the PR people.
0: <laughs> well, it looked to me like the, the Grey Cup schedule was the same as it used to be, and yep. which is going to be interesting to see how that plays out because the things are – None of the things are same as they used to be. I mean, awards night is actually Friday and not Thursday, right?
1: I have not looked at the schedule.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) I I apparently paid more attention to it. It doesn't really affect me all that much. So
1: I was when I was at Saskatchewan, one of the CFL PR guys, Herb, was there. And I kept asking him questions. And he was like, I have written all of this out and sent it to you in an email. Like, stop asking me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like you ass like stop like read the email Danny I don't
0: what <laughs> why isn't this stuff ready readily available I sent it to you in an email with an attachment that you had to just open could yeah. you not do that for me yeah well it's easy it's just sometimes it's easier to ask a question
1: like that so yeah I, mean, yeah. I don't even know like I have no idea what's happening tomorrow I guess uh, well the
0: breakup's gonna arrive and the teams are gonna arrive.
1: Um well there's only one team that's arriving, five o'clock, Winnipeg. So. exactly. So
0: awesome. Uh, All right. All right. Okay. Well, well we're gonna Friday. talk on Friday. We'll we'll have another well have podcast through the weekend and it's gonna be exciting. We're gonna actually see each other in person for
1: the I don't first even time. like we don't even know how to record in person.
0: I think I'm just gonna bring the computer and sit in front of it and we'll just talk, I guess. Like we're gonna talk into it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Things things that we need to figure out, like your schedule, we need to figure that out and then we'll figure out I'll figure out how to do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Eh, that. Yeah, All right, man. Good chatting. Peace. Okay. Have a good week. We'll see you in the weekend. Peace.